co-host Riz. And I am Riz. How y'all doing? <laughs> well, I hope everyone is doing well because the Oilers sure aren't. And uh, we are going to start this week off by apologizing for coming in a little late in only week two. <laughs> but uh, we're busy people. Reese, what's been going on with you? Uh, well, first of all, I feel like we're just following the lead of the Oilers. Coming in late, starting the season a little late, starting everything like kind of off on the wrong foot. That's okay. Um, yeah, I, my other side of life, theater artist life, totally opposite of sports, is just super busy. And I'm, I've got a bunch of shows coming up. I'm directing. Um, so shout out to uh, a show I'm doing. It's called uh, Tragedy, Slander, and Wine by a new playwright here in Vancouver called David Wolpoff, and it's a really fun comedy mystery. And it opens in, on November 15th on Granville Island at The Nest. And that's with a company called Promethean Theatre. So shout out to a little Vancouver theatre company. If you are in Vancouver and you like art and sports and comedy, yeah, come on down. Um, so that's just been taking up every night of my life right now. And that's okay. It'll all settle okay. come the beginning of November and we'll be ready to go. But the like upside of that is I haven't had to sit at home watching terrible Oilers hockey I just come home fast forward the PVR cry a little and uh and then I get to move on to the next day so I think there's like the upside of being super busy is that I haven't been able to wallow in what is going on what about you what's going on in your life that and you absolutely haven't missed anything you haven't missed anything I (laughs) the one game that we have won I sat through and watched the whole game and even then I was kind of like they won this but they still weren't good um the only good news is when they score a bunch of goals and I made a lot of money on my bets that night because I was yes so that was kind of nice um but yeah no all all over here just regular work schedule and uh all my philanthropic endeavors and trying to keep the world's bobsled organization (laughs) in check but um no I uh unlike you I have been um painfully watching to a point where I've debated turning off. I did turn off last night. I think my sister was at the game. She texted me uh, in the second period and she's like, I can't believe how many people just didn't even come back. <laughs> oh, that's not good. That's like Jersey throwing time. That's like, Ugh, that's like it's ugly, too early in the season ugly days. Those are ugly days. We're talking about it already. It's, it's really bad. Oh, well, uh, I am I am proud of you for hanging in there as long as you had in those games, because even fast forwarding was like a painful experience. Um, so let's let's get into it. We last in our first episode is the sky falling on the Oilers already. That was what, three or four games in. We're a little further down that pipeline. We were yes. we were only two games in at that time. Two, two and, but oh, uh, we had lost. We had gotten our asses kicked yeah, by Vancouver. Epically. An epic, yeah, uh, an epic shit kicking by Vancouver mm-hmm. in game one. Um, so then I, I guess we we repose the question here in episode two. Riz, is the sky falling? Where are we at with the Oilers? What is going on? And uh, and what what happens as an Oilers fan next? Well, I feel like it's too early in the season to be a broken record, but it is embarrassing watching some of the effort level that uh, of our defensive play. And I think we started off by kind of smashing goalies and being like, we don't, we have two subpar goalies that are not capable of winning a Stanley cup. Um, and you know, what's really funny is that you go back and watch and, and I, 
like oh, Stuart Skinner. I'm trying to remember, get my games because we've had so many games since the last time we've talked. What are we? Yeah, it's we're been now quite a few. six games in. Are we six? Mm-hmm. Are we oh, one and five? <laughs> or one, one four, four and, and one. one? One four and one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at that point, you're like, there was some serious goaltending lapses. And again, I should have just taken notes. I'm going to start taking notes as we get, we'll get better at this as we go. But um, the game where uh, we had Campbell in net, Supi was in net and there was a miscommunication and he came barreling out of the net, uh, made a dumb play that was so unnecessary. Should have just stayed in the net defense was back. There was no pass to be given up and, and given up. But then he goes and makes some incredible, brilliant like old school Grant Fear style kicking pads up in the air. And Little you're scorpion like, action. Yeah. And you're like, well, there are some 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 peaks of of brilliance throughout that. So I don't know if we can talk it to goaltender and just fully now blame it on defensive, like lack of effort, first of all, and lack of discipline and systems. Because as I said before, I got to listen to my husband talk about where this F3 is supposed to be coming in. And like, I didn't play hockey. I played a lot of sports. I played five on five basketball. There are some similarities. There's obviously not everything does, but there, there is, especially when you're in like zone versus man and and like who takes who there's, I, I understand that part significantly. And there is so much poor decision-making from our defense, like core. And even like, I'd argue wingers on their back check too. It's just, it's painful. It's painful. They're playing at like, I feel like I'm watching because I watch a lot of this WHL team, <laughs> WHL decor playing against and just getting picked apart by the true pros. Absolutely. This guy, I, um, <laughs> sky, it feels like it's falling. And I, yeah. what's interesting is that usually when it feels like the sky is falling, there's something to blame because I haven't been watching many games, but just sort of tuning in, in the like world of the metaverse, checking yeah. in with fans. I've never seen such division and no one knows what the problem is. Is it coaching? Is it just goaltending? Is it just defense? Is it offensive issues too? Is it all of the above? Who do we blame? Where do we go from here? And I've never seen a group of, you know, the the hardcore Edmontonian fans who are really active and engaged and call these conversations and Oilers fans from around the world who are like, I don't know. <laughs> Is it a handful of column A, B, C, or D? And I, I agree with you. I think defense is our biggest issue right now. But but we, for a while there, hadn't scored one single goal in the third period oh. mm-hmm. until we got to, what was it, the wild game? Yeah, wild. We finally scored one third period. Like There has been more F-bombs in post-game press than there I have been. today. Goals in, <laughs> goals in the third period so clearly our offense isn't uh isn't helping out our uh the the swiss cheese defense either right now mm-hmm. and and then like you said we're having this like this like really hot and cold goaltending issue and so then we come down to coaching and people are already call- calling for woody's head and saying uh-huh. it's time for a new coach i don't know if that's necessarily the right choice, but I go, we were, you know, a semifinal team last year. Mm-hmm. We had a pretty decent season last year. We mm-hmm. made a few changes in our systems and now we're falling apart. So I say like, what happens? When do we go back to the old system? Can we go back with a few pieces of that, of, of actually players who are no longer the same, you know, the change in playing or players, mm-hmm. sorry. So 
what 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 does our team do next riz when it seems like all four of those care all four of those categories there's an issue in all of them and uh and no one knows what to do well let me ask you this let me start here do you think that core d group has enough talent if they were to change a system to be more effective or to be effective at all great question i don't think so i don't think so either i don't think holland did enough for us in no. the off season to make us better uh defensively so no i don't think so but can, can it get any worse i don't know <laughs> uh, well, i don't know that's the, so and here's the other thing about like we talk about holland a lot and some of the moves he made there was a lot of talk about, and I said last week I was going to save it for another time, and we're we're seven games in, and I'm ready to just absolutely <laughs> tear them apart. Evan Bouchard is, there was the holdout of the contract because McLeod couldn't get one until Bouchard did all summer, and there was rumors that Bouchard wanted to get paid, and because he runs the power play now, and he's putting up points and blah, blah, blah. You are a defenseman. That means your goal is to play defense. Yeah. He is the worst player on the ice five on five. Mm-hmm. Like he is by far, I I'm, I want to pull up his stats right now. I'll keep talking while we're doing this. Five on five, he is atrocious. He makes so many mental errors. He, a lack of effort. It's a lack of effort, which drives me nuts. And yeah, okay, he's running the power play and he's doing as good of a job as um, Tyson, Tyson Berry, Berry But is he I, really? I don't know. I think... <laughs> Like, I'm almost like, bring back Barry, bring back Barry. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 at this point, you're comparing apples to oranges, but like, there's there. If you want to make a small argument of maybe what he is okay at, he's okay on the power play. Yeah, but he can't do anything else. He cannot play five on five. He's lost. He's a lost dog out there, and he's like almost like a golden retriever, smiling, just running around, being happy. Like, yeah. like you have a job to do, and I. I understood the call for the coaches. I, I get it. Like I get that people are like, okay, Woodcroft's gone. Like, and that's always just such a simple answer, but I don't think there's enough actual talent on that, on that blue line to, to you could completely change. Somebody could walk in tomorrow and I mean, you could bring in, if you want to go this far, like someone, obviously this is not going to happen because he's what, but you could bring in a Tortorella, someone who preaches in or a Daryl Sutter, like somebody, you know what I mean? Those hard Mm -hmm. nose. And now would that maybe work our defense? Maybe, but would that then maybe detract from what has the vibes that are going with our power play and what, what, what offense can do? They just seem to be on total separate pages about what they need to do. And there's no unity between the teams. And Agreed. so yep. playing different, different uh, games right now, it seems like. Yeah. I think we got to transition here because there are some other teams in the league that were supposed to be pretty good that are not. And then there are some teams that were going to be good that are way better than we thought we were going to be. Yes. Um, has anyone else kind of stood out or surprised you so far? I, I hate, I hate deep in my soul that, the Vegas Golden Knights are having the start that they are having. They're so good. They're so good. And I'm so angry about it. Um, mm-hmm. I I just, it it makes me so deeply sad in my soul. Because mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was really hoping that, yes, they had depth. No one was going to mm-hmm. argue last year that they did not have a deep team. They absolutely did. 
but I, but I was really hoping it was sort of just like, um, the Gary Bettman six year project. And then, and then it was like, great, you've got, you've got, (laughs) off we go. Um, let's have some other teams like feel like they are leading the Pacific and, um, yeah. And here they are with an unbeated streak and, uh, and doing great for my fantasy teams. Well, but... yeah. If you have any of those players <laughs> on your fantasy teams, you are flying right now. Yes. But I, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sad and earnestly interested in how long, um, the Golden Knights can continue this run. Um, much like Boston last year, though, maybe they'll just putter out in the first round. That, hey, you're right. because One can they, hope, right? One can only think about it. Yeah. What about you? Be- Who's disappointed you but who or who has exceeded your expectations? Um, Seattle has disappointed me so far. They haven't had the – they were a team that I kind of figured would come in and just, again, truck along a steady eddy and – um yeah they've they've had a very disappointing start I think um and then uh I think another team that's probably equally as and again I'm I'm around it all the time so vibes are not high here in Calgary uh they uh, like I'm in a couple like I live here I like going to hockey games my like I said my husband's a Flames fan so we do pay attention to them a little bit I fully full disclosure I haven't watched a full Flames game yet this year because they are bad um and uh so it's going to be really interesting uh like what's going on it's just it feels a lot different than than um, Edmonton where Edmonton I feel like that there's still kind of the hopes and there's just like kind of this anger and disappointment about where the team is but in, in Calgary people do not like this team it's interesting they is it like they, a resignation to the like are people just resigned that that's where it's at or I, what like there's the a call that they want ownership just to blow up the team and start all over again wow yeah yeah, they just don't think that this team they don't it it really feels like none of them want to be here. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's an that comes from ownership or what that I mean, God knows we need a new arena, um, yeah. which is in the works if they could hold on, but it's vibes are low. Um, my example, which is um if you look at I saw a stat about uh like home openers and and ticket prices and things like yeah. that. Um, if I wanted to go see the Rangers play here, I think that was Tuesday night. Now, that being said, Calgary, let me be very clear. It is record cold. It's like minus 15. It's October. This is such bullshit. Thoughts um, and prayers. Yeah, and prayers. Like, it is a full, like <laughs> we had full on blizzard. So that, I'm sure that weather played in an account for a Tuesday game, but for people sure. couldn't get rid of their tickets. They couldn't even give tickets away. People didn't wow. want to go to the games. And it's very early in the year for that That's to be a situation. Very early for prices to be dropping. That was like a Canucks yeah. issue last year here in Vancouver it was just yeah. like, Cheap, cheap, te- cheap seats because no one wanted to be there. But that's yeah. early October for a hockey town. Mm-hmm. For people yeah, and to be like, that I, there's no denying that that when a blizzard rolls through, that people just don't want to leave their house either, especially sure. when it's unexpected. But, but it's just you're, you're when it's early and people haven't been to hockey all year, and usually at the beginning of the year, everyone's really excited to get back in. Like I haven't gone to a game yet, so it seems a little weird. But um, yeah, like I, I was looking at ticket prices that were dropping to like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. And I, there was no way I was going to go. I was like, you couldn't, if they gave them for free, I wasn't going to go either. So, uh, yeah, it's just there. It's vibes are very low. 
kind of sad to watch. Um, and uh, Alberta, I mean, Alberta hockey teams just like yeah. making making like uh, the biggest hockey market or one of the biggest hockey markets. Very sad. All fans across the whole province just feeling hopeless right now. <laughs> yeah, which leads me to my next very big point. Um, so vibes in Calgary, ultra low, stress in Edmonton, ultra high. We've got our first battle of Alberta. And, and not just like a normal be, one. Uh-huh. The Heritage Classic has returned uh, this Sunday, 5 o'clock in Edmonton. You know I'm going. I'm uh, driving up tomorrow morning. Um, it is going to be a balmy plus three. So, hey, we're above zero. I'm happy. That's right. No instant <laughs> eyelashes frozen together. Yeah. Uh, unlike the first Heritage Classic I attended in 2003, I still remember to this day how cold I was. I've never been that cold ever since it was. I was there as well. I seconded. It was the coldest probably day of my life. (laughs) I think it was. (laughs) Were you there? What do you remember about that first one? Uh, Everything hurting. Yeah. Do you remember the game at all? No, because it was so cold. (laughs) Yeah. Like I remember, I remember the, like our, the old stars and, and being excited to like have them out there. And then the, I think like the energy or the like, you know, adrenaline of that being like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, finally getting to see Wayne as an adult, like on ice. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah. went away. It dissipated very quickly. And then it was just like freezing toes, freezing limbs and being like, I don't want to do this. This is not a fun time. So that's very funny because my experience would be very similar. I remember watching the old stars and just like seeing all these legends out there with their toques on no helmet. I remember that part. And they all yep. had like this bright red faces because they were just freezing out there. Freezing. And then I don't remember anything else because I just remember how cold I was the rest of the time. Yep. I legitimately, that's all I remember. As I'm like, yeah. them being on the ice and being so stoked to be like, ah, this is what my family and friends have talked about, you know, as like, mm-hmm. as I was a little person. And now I'm like, and then it went away. And it was like, yeah. it's like a big blur of cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm glad it's going to be warmer for you. This go around. Tolerable. Crossed, we'll call it tolerable. tolerable. Yeah. Tolerable, not warm, tolerable. Mm-hmm. Um, And so two bottom dwelling teams mm-hmm. who don't like each other in the first place coming and needing to make a statement on a stage that's larger distractions higher mm-hmm. ice questionable could be very questionable i think the the temperature is actually going to be perfect for ice so great so yeah. what do you what do you think you're going to see let's get give us a preview Riz, of what you're expecting come Sunday afternoon, evening. So this is my bold prediction. This is my hot take. I think both teams suck. Both teams know that each other suck. Both teams know that they need something. David's probably not playing. We know that. That's going to be disappointing. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think that it's going to be in front of 60,000 people. I think it's going to be going out there. It's going to be the greasiest, dirtiest brawl of emotion. I think all of the pent up stress of both teams with their significant losing records are going to go out there and be like in front of all these people on a game that matters it doesn't really matter that much more, but it does because so many more people are paying attention. Yeah. And I think that the, the tensions are going to be extraordinary high. Uh, and I think that whoever comes out of this game on top is going to go on a run. 
It's going to be the spark that they need. I think it's going to get them going. Now I think the other person is going to continue to, to spiral. The other team that, that comes out is going to continue to spiral. So as long as no one gets injured, again, ice questionable. It's tough when it's outside. We know we don't want there to be any bad ruts where people get ankle stuck or some bad going into the boards wrong ways and things like that. But um, yeah, that's my prediction. And here we are hoping that... Uh, it turns into not only a very entertaining game for the 60,000 fans and yep. people watching online, but uh, something that will ignite the rest of the season. Well, I, I agree. I think that like these teams just need to like get some real aggression out and whoever mm-hmm. comes on top is, I agree with you. It's going to like, it's going to be a change in momentum for them for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if it's going to be a very high scoring game. And I I could see it being like a nine, six sort of like defense doesn't exist. It's just offense and (laughs) defense doesn't exist anyway. So I don't know. It doesn't anyways. It's very true. Um, So I think I I have a, I have a feeling it might be a high scoring game and, uh, and yeah, it could get ugly. Do you think we're going to see another goalie fight? I hope so. I hope so. For the fans, friends, putting it out there right now. Yeah, and there's so many fans who are like, no, no one is supposed to fight. I'm like, I want to see a 20, what was it, 2020 for the pandemic year, pre pre the year with the thing with Mike Smith and that game was just the most intense raw emotion. And and that that game was the defining factor that the Battle of Alberta was back, baby. And we need that back. We need that back. We need something Mm -hmm. to go. I know Calgary's sick of getting beat up on the last couple of years, um, but they've they got something, something to prove. Absolutely, yeah, they need something. That's what I mean. So, if anything, yeah. this should be their their spark that they yeah. need. Yeah, and the Oilers need to prove that they're not a one man team. Mm-hmm. With Connor's injury, day to day, one to two weeks, whatever they're sort of sharing with us at this point, yeah. the, the Oilers need to prove that they can win a game without Connor McDavid on the ice. Now they weren't really winning a ton of games the first few with him on the ice anyway. Um, but you know, the old saying goes is that we are a one man team mm-hmm. and we need to be able to show that with him injured, we can pick up the slack. So there's a lot of emotion online. I'm really excited you get to be there. I hope you have a voice the next day when we get to record the podcast, but you won't. So I know that that's okay. Um, Anything in our last few minutes, you want to talk about McJesus's injury and and, uh, some thoughts on that? I don't, you know what? I can't figure out what it is. Can you? The way he was moving at first, I thought it was like hammy or like but they're saying lower back but i don't know well it's 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 defined as an upper body upper body so he was like moving his leg i know it's like what's happening that's why i can't figure it out i can't figure out what the play was i know like i watched the shift before he went off when he was like questioning it i i can't figure and usually i know these things because i have like a sport injury background absolutely i can't figure out what it is so to me i mean that that kind of scary because it's like but it's also kind of good because if if most people can't figure it out then that means that he won't be a target i i i get that he probably really wants to play this weekend um yep i think that dan hl really wants him to play this weekend oh yeah uh should he play this weekend no no if it's if it's one to two weeks like they say which is interesting that they're not saying day to day I know. know. I was like, this is a very interesting little way to turn a turn a phrase. There's some subterfuge going on there that I'm not understanding, but I, uh, I think that if it is actually one to two weeks, we need him 
healed. Agreed. It's way too much of a risk to put him in a situation where he could be out, you know, all of a sudden three to four weeks more. Um, let him take warm ups. If it's upper body, he can skate around, get some good pictures in the sick jerseys. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> they are sick. I would like yeah. one. They're very fun. They're they're awesome. I, I don't really like, I've never been big on like the old school, like leather tan look, but I think it looks sharp. I think it fits the bit of Heritage Classic that captured it. Um, I think it's going to look like, sick on the ice in that like setting as well so outside. Good. It's going to look yeah. good. And, yeah. and like, I hate to admit this too, but the Flames jersey is absolute fire. No pun intended. As it is. Well. <laughs> it is. It is 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not one to like cheer on the Flames in any capacity. Um, mm-hmm. But I agree that both yeah. of those jerseys are going to look Whoever really Whoever designed those jerseys, A+. Plus. You yeah. did a good job. Yeah. Really looking forward to seeing them in action. Might consider getting one. We'll see. <laughs> well, I can't wait to uh, hear all about it in, uh, hear about your time at Heritage mm-hmm. Classic. I will be watching in, unfortunately, I'm in rehearsal. So I will be watching my PVR <laughs> later yeah. that evening when I return yeah. home. Um, but we will have to, uh, we'll have to debrief and yes. see where this goes for both of these teams that, that we, uh, that we know both need a win. Yes. So I hope next time we, we chat, so next time we connect and get back on schedule here, I hope the game is everything I want it to be so we can talk about it all. I can break down what went down in the city for the weekend because I think there's a lot of like fan fest activities going on. I'm curious to see like what all they, they present and how it's going. And best of all, can't wait for Nickelback. <laughs> yes. Well, have a great concert slash hockey game. Yes. Um, let's go Oilers. Oilers. <laughs> have a great weekend. And we will. Uh, and this has been the Mother Pucker podcast. And thanks, y'all, for tuning in to the Mother Pucker. We will see you next week. See you next week. Bye.